0: All right. Hey, what's up, guys? Ian Cummings from Riggles Rag here with you today, podding up with Nathan Britton, my co-host. Last podcast, we talked about the Redskins draft, one through each draft pick, but uh, it's a league with 32 teams, a division with four teams. So today we're going to touch on the NFC East and how the Redskins compare to each team. Nathan, we got the Eagles, the Cowboys, and the Giants. Uh, the past few years, has been a pretty competitive division. I mean, how's it how's shaping up this year, do you think? I think it's going to continue being competitive. You have the defending Super Bowl champions who they
1: didn't really lose too many pieces from that team. You have Carson Wentz, assumedly, coming back healthy, maybe not week one, but early-ish in the season. New York has a new coach. I think that their record from last season, I think a lot of that was due to injuries and the coach lost the locker room. When that happens, you have players start you know, going against each other, against the coach, against the organization. It creates problems. So I think that, Record last year was more due to the lack of structure they had as a team than it is their skill. In Dallas, um, you know, you look at them, they lost Jason Witten. That's a big loss for them. Uh, Des Bryant is no longer there. They lost a veteran corner Orlando Skandrick. So they, on, on paper, they look a little bit weaker. But, you know, they're always, you know, they always surprise people. The past few years, their defense has been way better than anybody thought it would or should be. So they're not going anywhere either. I can't see them pick top five.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, there's a lot of intrigue in the NFC East this year, and uh, a lot of uh, a lot of pundits and stuff. They've been counting the Redskins out so far, but I, I look at our schedule, I look at how we match up with the NFC East teams, you know, there's a good chance that we could be competitive, and we're going to get more into that uh, coming up here. Uh, just a uh, quick recap, we've got record projections, uh, a new Josh to article up. On Rigo's Rag, you guys can check that out. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, but today we're going to talk about the NFC East, like we said, and uh, let's start with the Giants first because uh, they they made some waves in the NFL Draft. They got they got a lot of good players, but is the roster ready to rebound from such a down year? I mean, you know, they got Pat Shermer coming coming in from the uh, Vikings, and you know, he he's got a lot of he's got a good reputation behind him. Is Eli Manning the guy who can? Elevate that roster anymore? Like, walk me through it, Nathan, because, I, I you know, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, you know, make sure you give your opponents credibility, you know, so you're not, you know, selling them short, so you don't get surprised. Mm-hmm. But uh, the yeah. Giants are a team that, you know, it's it's kind of hard to be confident. It's kind of hard to, it's kind of hard to expect a lot out of them. I don't know. That's just me, though.
1: What yeah, you, what's your take? Yeah, I, I like I said, I think that their record last year was more a, ref- a reflection on the coach. And injuries than it is their actual ability. I don't think they're going to go win win the NFC East and have you know 10, 11, 12 wins. But um, I do think look you 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 move you bring in Nate Solder who replaces Eric Flowers at left tackle. That's a huge bonus for Eli Manning. You bring in. Will Hernandez, at left guard from the second round, I think that's a huge addition to that offensive line. You bring Saquon Barkley, who pe- most people think is number one running back in in the class and who will make noise right away and, and establish himself as a top five back at the end of this year. You look on the other side of the ball, yeah, they traded away Jason Pierre-Paul, but they still have Landon Collins, who's pretty good. Eli Apple is still young and developing. And, and let's not forget they have Odell Beckham. So there, there's a lot of stuff there that you tell need to worry about. No, Eli Manning, I've always thought Eli Manning is... To an extent, overrated. I don't think he can put the team on the back on his back and just you know go out and win games like like Peyton Manning could. But I think he's he's older, but I think he still can't get the job done if he has his time and he's able to mentally pick apart a defense. So I I, I wouldn't count them out. I know you're not counting them out, but I don't think that they're going to fall back and down. You can count them as you know a team that you don't have to worry about it because I do think that we've been there. They're only two seasons removed from what a. Ten-win year. I think it was Uh, twelve and four. I thought they went twelve. I can't remember. I'll look it up. Even that, even worse. So you know, they're not that far removed from that. They had a down year where the coach got exposed and blown out. He made questionable decisions with Eli. He lost the locker room. They had a bunch of injuries. I mean, Odell Beckham was out all year. Uh, Burris was out. Oh, not Burris. God. Um, what's his name? You know who I'm talking about. Brandon Marshall. Brandon oh yeah, Marshall. yeah, yeah. He was he was out. there. no run game. Of their, their offensive rash. line was a mess. Yeah, that's <laughs> the last one in the past. But their offensive line was a mess. So if they come back healthy with the pieces they've added, and and Saquon Barkley being able to take a lot off Odell Beckham and Eli Manning's plate, as people expect, you know they could be a team. You know, they could be forced to be reckoned with. Who? I don't want to say they're going to challenge Philly because I think this is Philly's vision for the foreseeable future. But they could easily, you know split with Philly, and, you know, come up second in this division. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Let's
0: let's take a look at some
1: of the players that they added, because,
0: you know, we know the Giants defense um, has the pieces to be a really good unit. You know, it's got that, they're still pretty stout on the defensive line, and they got those playmakers in the secondary, like you said, Janoris Jenkins, Landon Collins. They got some gaps there. The linebacking core definitely isn't solid. Uh, you know, Keenan Reynolds was starting for them not too long ago, so that's a problem in itself. Uh, I think uh, that, that could be an issue, but overall the unit's pretty solid, so you, you want to turn to the offensive side of the ball because that's where they made a lot of their changes this offseason. Obviously the headliner is Saquon Barkley. Uh, you know, he's a guy who uh, for this team at number two, expectations are high and you know, I, I think he'll come out and match them. I really do. I think he's a good fit for what Shermer's going to want to do. Uh, Shermer's kind of an innovative offensive mind. He's going to he's going to find ways to use Barkley's talent. The the thing I don't like about Barkley and the Giants' offense is you've got this offensive line. Now they added a bunch of guys. They added uh, Nate Solder, Will Hernandez, uh, but even after those additions, this offensive line still has room for improvement. Uh, you know, Solder, he's an aging, inconsistent left tackle. You know, at, at his highs, he's a really good player. But as he gets older, consistency is growing. Uh, you know, I, I don't think he's going to be able to maintain it. So we'll definitely see. I, I also read a report that they're starting Eric Flowers, the right tackle. So I'm happy with that. But uh, th- that might be a problem for them. So. I think Will Hernandez is a guy, he'll be able to get some momentum in the interior, but uh, going back to Saquon Barkley, his running style, uh, you know, I said this before, Darius Geis was drafted by the Redskins, so, you know, any bias cards can be thrown out the window, but I thought as a pure runner, Darius Geis was better than Saquon Barkley, because you look at at Geis, he's a guy who just hits the hole, Uh, Barkley, you know, he kind of dances around in the back. You know, Le'Veon Bell is another guy who does that, but you know, there's a fine line between patience and indecisiveness. And Barkley, his tape says more indecisive than patient. You know, in the NFL, you gotta have that balance. You gotta be decisive. So, I don't think it'll be a huge issue for Barkley, but it's just something to note because this offensive line for the Giants, uh, you know, it's not a great run blocking offensive line. Even even with Hernandez, there's still gonna be those drawbacks. The Redskins ha- will have the same thing. The Redskins' offensive line is more of a pass blocking unit. That's where that's their bread and butter. But Darius Geis is an aggressive ru- runner who hits the hole and uh, makes plays in space and in traffic. So uh, Barkley is a guy, you know, he doesn't always hit the hole. Then you're stuck in the pocket trying to work with what you got. And, you know, I, I it won't hurt them all the time, but it's just something that could come back and haunt them every now and then. And, you uh, I think that's something to keep an eye on but as a prospect Barkley was for sure the number one guy uh you know he, he's got the receiving ability really dynamic player so I think having a chess piece like that an athletic guy with sky high potential that's good that's really good for the Giants uh, especially in the years to come you know I think he's got a long career ahead of him relative to most running backs and I think that you know he'll be tough to deal with but uh, I'd rather deal with uh Barkley for seven years than uh, Josh Rosen for like fifteen, so yeah, for sure. I I think uh, I think it's going to be scary at first, but uh, you look at the Redskins' defensive line;
1: they can definitely deal with something like that. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, and this is an unpopular opinion. I know that there's a couple people on Draft Twitter who also threw this out there. For me, I had Darius Guys as RB one in the draft. I just like you said, I think his, his running as a pure runner, his running style is better. Now I think potential wise, if Saquon Barkley can hit everything I think people put him as number one based off what he did and what they think he can turn into. And if he does if he's able to check those boxes and turn into what everybody thinks, then yes, he, he's a generational talent, a generational back. I think he's gonna be outstanding. But as of right now, you know, if we got on the field and played tomorrow, I would take Darius guys over him. I, when I was watching Saquon Barkley come I'm not going to say it, I watched every run he had in college. But, you know, you get on draft breakdown, you can watch a few games here and there and see. I saw a lot of Matt Jones in his game where when stuff, when, you know, there was penetration to the backfield, it was a lot of rather than just hitting it and going and, and trying to fight through it, there was a lot of dancing around and, like you said, hesitation and indecisiveness to try to do it. He, to me, you watch Darius guys and he's going to just – he hits a hole and he hits it hard and he's running and he's going to run three. He'll put a move on you, but for the most part, he's going to make everything at full speed. I saw a lot of Saquon Barkley in the backfield dancing around, trying to get out and trying to turn a negative play rather than getting it, you know, turning a negative play into nothing or a positive one. He's trying to turn that negative play into, you know, plus 50 for a score. And, and I think that with an offensive line that isn't as great as the Giants, I think that's going to, you know, be a little bit of uh, a learning curve for him now he could come out and completely blow us out of the water blow me out of the water and, and you know rush for however many over a thousand yards or whatever but as of right now yeah I saw a lot of Matt Jones and I think that he's going to have a lot of that where people get in the backfield because Eric Flowers is you know he was a turn style last year at left tackle I don't see why he wouldn't be at right tackle it's a completely different position it's, it's you know not an easy transition to make and the running the right side is genuinely the running side so you know, I, I think that he could see a lot of penetration in the backfield, and how he handles that early on could be, you know, a determining factor
0: for how his season goes. Yeah, for sure. And you know, just a disclaimer here. You know, you look at Barkley's tape, and he makes a ton of, you know, great plays that make you go, wow. You know, he's got crazy balance. You know, just sometimes you, you're like, how does how does he stay in, on his feet? How in the world does he stay on his feet? But uh-huh. uh, you know, his options. You know, I, I don't know how good Penn State's offensive line was. I know they didn't have too many prospects. Uh, I don't think they had anyone go in the draft. So, yeah, but I don't know who was draft eligible, who wasn't. So, um, but, you know, you got to think Barkley in the NFL against NFL defensive linemen who are penetrating against uh, subpar Giants O-line, uh, he's going to face some adversity. He's going to get, he's going to get contacted in the pocket and, you know, that, that'll that be big. Uh, I think that'll that'll definitely be the game plan for teams. You know, if you can make Barley, Barkley Barkley uh, double, you know, overthink it, you know, second guess himself, then you know that's the way to go. But you know, his talent is undeniable, and he, if he can find a way to, you know, get a little, a little more aggressive, uh, punch those holes a little bit faster, then you know that's dangerous, and that's a dangerous match for all NFC's defenses. Um, so we covered the Giants. Let's go to the Cowboys now. Uh, the Cowboys I, they're a team I'm not super high on and you know uh, there's there's got to be some bias factoring in there I gotta admit it you know even though even if I wouldn't admit it, it you know uh, if you ask me on the spot but I gotta say it right now you know I want the I want the Cowboys to kind of you know not meet expectations but I look at the roster and there's a lot of areas where there's a lot of uncertainty. You know, you look at the wide receiving core. Alan Hearns is their number one receiver. That'll be interesting. Terrence Williams, their number two guy, he recently got arrested. Uh, you know, I think his contract is the only thing keeping him on the roster. So they also lost Jason Witten. Like you said earlier, he's a locker room guy, a Hall of Fame tight end talent. Uh, their starting tight end, I checked the depth chart earlier, is Jeff Swain. So I don't know who that guy is, so I'm happy with that, for sure. Uh, That's good news for Washington. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the, Their offensive line is still great. Ezekiel is still great. They're going to run the football. Dak Prescott um, had a little bit of a down year last year, but not a regression, not like Jameis Winston regression with Dirk with Derek Cutter. It wasn't like that. It was just a, a down year for Prescott. I think he'll rebound and show us why he was Offensive Rookie of the Year in 2016. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, they've got a lot of issues as well. You look at the defensive line. Uh, they have Tyrone Crawford, Malik Collins, who broke his foot. You know, he's going to be out for the offseason, might not be 100% when the regular season starts. They wanted to sign Terrell McLean. That shows you how much they need depth on the defensive line. Now, they might have a higher standing of McLean than we do, but uh, it was it was very clear. For, to the Redskins that McLean was an aging guy who was past his peak. You know, I, I don't see him as anything more than a depth guy in Atlanta. So I, I think uh, the Cowboys were kind of desperate for help there, and not having that rotation, having a rotation is a very valuable thing in today's NFL. The Eagles taught us that last year. So I think that'll be interesting, an interesting development. They're also pretty thin in the linebacking corps with Sean Lee and Leighton Vander Esch, and then in the secondary too. Kind of short staff there, uh, Xavier Cooper, Jordan Lewis, two young guys who will need to step up next year, along with Anthony Brown. He had a down year last year, so I don't know, Nathan. I, I'm just I see a lot of uncertainty with this Dallas Cowboys squad. You know, if 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 they can if they can exercise their demons, they can be a good, a decent team. But I I really don't see I don't see. It's just uh, I can't commit to expecting success from them either. You know, it's just it's just a thin roster, and that that's dangerous in today's league. Yeah, definitely. I
1: think yeah, they still have Zeke. Um, they still have Sean Lee. That's that's about it, and they have that offensive line. So that's about it. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah that's about it. So to me, they're more annoying than they are good. They're just gonna <laughs> kind of be there, and you know. Week 10, 11, 12, they're going to kind of still be relevant in the playoff one Nobody's really going to know how. It's just going to be that annoying team that, you know, week in, week out, they win games that everyone don't, doesn't think they should, and they'll lose games that they should have won. So, but you, you do look at it. Their defense is, is weak. Sean Lee has yet to stay healthy, and that's why they drafted Leighton Van She's He's getting older, you know. He had, he's had health issues his whole career. You know, getting older isn't gonna, you know, solve that. So they got Van Dress. but he's raw and he had injuries too. So he could very well, you know, we, we've seen a, a lot of these rookies the past few years, first round picks, be not productive due to injury or just, you know, the learning curve. And he, he has the potential to have both of those impact his first year. So, you know, while that, you know, three or four down, three or four years down the road may be a great pick and could turn into another Charlie there's a good ch- chance this year that he doesn't do anything. And then you flip it to the other side of the ball. Dak Prescott is a product of Zeke Elliott being able to run, run wild and free. You saw his rookie year when Zeke was just running all over teams. Dak Prescott was asked to go out. He was said they told him don't lose the game. Go out and do just enough not to lose the game. Similar to what kind of what you see with a lot of quarterbacks. You know, I, I don't want to say gap quarterback for him because you know his kind. You know, he by all accounts he's going to be there for a long time, but. Yeah. Yeah, they, he was told, don't go out and don't lose games. And then when he lost Zeke last year for that stretch, he, he struggled. He struggled a lot, and, and he kind of got exposed. So this year, he doesn't have anybody that – he doesn't have his, you know, old reliable over the middle with Jason Witten. You know, Des Bryant, for whatever he was, a shell of himself, you know, he still had pretty decent hands. So those options are gone. And, and if people can figure out Zeke Elliott, then I think we're at Daxon for a, a, a major regression. So again, I, but that's a team that always is around, always is relevant somehow, so I don't want to say that they're necessarily going to be good, but I do see them probably right around 800, maybe a game under or over, um, and, and, and you know, the Redskins can never, you know, go down there and really play well. We, we always It's always a dogfight because it is a division game, so I, I think that that is a team that you can't overlook. That's the worst thing that the Redskins could do is, is look at this team and say they have a, they have a weak roster, they have a thin roster. You know, if we can shut Zeke down, we got it. That's the worst thing they could do because that team always finds a way. Yeah, for sure. There's
0: there's a couple teams in the NFL that, you know, like you said, they just stick around for whatever reason. The Cincinnati Bengals, you know, they they they've needed to fire Marvin Lewis for like, I don't know, 5 years now. They somehow find a way to get to the playoffs sometimes. It's like, how are you guys doing this? You know, your coach shouldn't even be there. Uh, so they're one of those teams. The Cowboys are one of those teams, too. You know, I think Jason Garrett's a decent coach, but sometimes he just doesn't have the roster. And somehow they're at, they're sitting at 8-8. Eight eight. You're like, what the heck? How how'd they get there? Like, I, I don't really understand this. So I think we'll see. We might see that next year. Uh, you know, I hope we don't for our sake. But they're one of those teams that just sticks in there and, you know, kind of resolute kind of gritty you know they just they, they stick with it they get they got they got a good program going and you know they, they know how to get there so because they've been there recently uh, you know it wasn't long ago that the Cowboys were 12 and 4 I think so yeah, kind of like the Giants they've got that recent experience so that's gonna fuel their hunger so I think that that, that gives them a floor that gives us affordable floor of what to expect, and you always want to expect the worst when you're planning for your rivals. You know, like you said with Vander Asch, he's got injury issues. Uh, we got a plan that he's going to be healthy, and he's going to be an active defender over the field. Uh, we got a plan that uh, Alan Hearns will step in nicely. You, know, you got a plan so that we can shut those guys down. But, uh, you know, us talking to the podcast, you know, it's okay to say observations, and you know, it's, it's very clear after observing the Cowboys roster that they are pretty thin. And if injuries strike, like they struck the Redskins and the Chargers last year, uh, the Cowboys could be in dire straits. Uh, one, team, one team that will not be in dire straits if injuries hits is uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, the Eagles are, I don't even want to say they're the team to beat because they were unbeatable really last year and they got better in the offseason they signed uh guys like michael bennett uh i don't remember other free agents but in the draft they got dallas good uh josh sweat in round four uh they just it was a solid roster already they got better they added to the trenches that that's valuable uh you look at the eagles is there really any way that you know, teams in the NFC East can compete with them. I mean, Doug Peterson's a great coach, great roster. Carson Wentz is coming back. It seems like a perfect storm for the Eagles to just get right back to the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah. I i wouldn't go so far as to pick them as right back to Super Bowl favorites. that That's, you know, it's premature. Nobody's played a snap yet. They could go out and, you know, Carson Wentz could have, you know, another season-ending injury. You know, Alshon Jeffrey could get hurt. So, that's a little bit premature, I think. But, Your question earlier is, can anyone NFC East really contend with them? And I, short of, you know, another massive blow to their roster injury-wise, I don't think they can. Carson Wentz, if he comes back and he's ready to rock and roll, then, you know, we saw it last year. We had him dead to rights numerous times, and he just breaks it out and completes a major pass or just takes a run downfield for double-digit yards in his first down. So he's a great – and, it it, you know, I – I joke around and say I hate Carson Wentz just because, you know, he's so good and we have to play against him, you know, two times a year for 15 years. But, you know, he, he's a great quarterback. He's yeah. He's got everything you need to – he can do it downfield. He can do it in the air. He can do, do it with his legs, his mobility, in the pocket, out of the pocket, whatever you want. And if he comes back healthy, then that just makes that team so much better because you look at their run. He got hurt, what, week 15 or 16 last year. You look at the – they didn't – they obviously – they went. They went through the playoffs. They, there's, there's a couple games where it was close with Atlanta and um, the Patriots are relatively close, but they're not. They don't miss a step even without Carson Wentz. You add Carson Wentz back into that mix with who they have, who they added. That that's scary. It's scary. That's very. That's very. Yeah, very scary. I don't. I think your best bet if you're the Redskins is you you hope to split that series. That, that's what you hope for. You know. I know a lot of people look. You know. Everyone looked at the roster. We, we want to go sixty 0 We want to go 16 0 I think they need to, they realistically they take, need to take a step back and look at Philly and say, if we, if we can split with them, if we can win at home, you know, that's big. If we can win our game at our, our stadium against them, that's big because you, you, to split that series to that team, it shows that you've been, you were able to beat them. You figured it out somehow, and and maybe if you see them later down the road, it, it'll help. But I mean, they're they're a tough, they're a tough beat, man. They they got. You know, they added a couple of players on defense. They added Goddard, who I think is going to be a really good player to go along with Zach Ertz, who's oh, already yeah. thrown to the side. Yeah. We already said Carson Wentz may be coming back. Nick Foles showed that he could do it when he needed to. So, they could put, and then you have, you have the guy on the sideline, Doug Peterson, who, who's figuring it all out, figuring how to get everything to gel together. So that's a tough team, man.
0: Yeah, they could put Nick Foles a wide receiver, too. Man. Just kidding. But uh, <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, they're a tough team. Uh, it's, it, Looking at their depth chart, you look at their depth chart. It's like, holy crap, this guy's a third stringer. Like, what the heck? What's going on here? Like, this guy could start in Dallas or whatever. So, yeah, you're right. They're a tough team for the Redskins. If they can split with Philly, like you said, that's that's an accomplishment. That is a very good accomplishment. And you know, we'll go. We'll, we'll come full circle here. Now, let's take a look at the Redskins roster. How do they match up with Philly's strengths? You know, I think the first thing you think of when. Uh, someone brings up Philly's strengths as their defensive line, their front seven, you know, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Derek Barnett, Timmy Jernigan, it's a stacked unit. So offensive line for the Redskins, they got Trent Williams, Brandon Sheriff, Chase Rouillet going into his second season. He was a pretty good run blocker last year. Morgan Moses, uh, that gap at left guard is obviously uh, it's an issue. Uh, you know, I, I think we lose that matchup. You look at their uh, skill position players on the offense, uh, you know, Jay Jaya, Nelson Agle, or Alshon Jeffrey. Those are dynamic guys. Uh, our defense I think has the potential to handle guys like that. Monte Nicholson in particular, really excited about him. He's a safety, you know, he's got he's got the range, he's got the instinct where he can he can really be a game changing player in the back end. So I think when you uh, stop, when you if you want to stop an air oriented attack like Philly, you know Carson Wentz, he's got all his weapons. Having that rangy guy in the back is going to be huge. Uh, so Nicholson, I think Nicholson could be an X factor against Philly. That's that's what I'm thinking over here. You know, he's got he's got the traits for it, uh, and he he's, he serves the right role where uh, for what Doug Peterson is doing that's a way to stop. That's an antidote right there for the poison. So uh, I think he, he would definitely come into play there to stop Philly's offense. Their defense, uh, you know, Alex Smith, you know, he matches up. Uh, if the Jay Gruden-Smith marriage goes well, you know, I think we can see we can kind of keep them on their toes a bit, but that's a, that's a really good defense. So uh, the home field advantage, definitely going to want to take advantage of that. I don't remember when we play Philly at home. I think it's Week 17 we play Philly at home. Uh, so that that could be, that could actually be big. You know, if we're trying to get a wild card game and they're already in, uh, they're resting their starters. Maybe you know, maybe we could take advantage of that. But uh, I don't know. But definitely, uh, if if the circumstances align, if we stay healthy, you're going to want to split Philly. Uh, not only would that you know add another win in the win column, but you gotta think that beating Philly with the notoriety they have gives a little confidence boost to the team. You gotta think. Yeah, definitely. And there's a good chance you saw it with Atlanta this year they could very well be, you know, have
1: a Super Bowl, that Super Bowl hangover where you maybe you do get them twice. Maybe you do go to Century Link and beat Century Link and beat them earlier in the season. Um, maybe you do get them when they're feeling themselves a little bit and the when they because they do come Week 17. <laughs> Washington, maybe they're feeling themselves a little bit because they had a solid year, so there's opportunities for this team. You look at the Redskins roster, what they did in the draft, and free agency, and the Alex Smith trade, and you automatically have to think that this is a better team than what they put out on the field last year, and if everybody can stay healthy, then the sky's the limit for them. So, I think that you have a chance, You do have a chance to split with Philly. Obviously, you know, any given Sunday, All that whole narrative, but you know, if they are, you know, a little bit super hungover, and you can get them twice, that's huge. That's huge because, like you said, they, they come here week 17. The past few years for Washington, that's been, you know, a win in your end type deal. Yeah. So for you to have them come into your house and with a win and in your end type deal, and, and try to get a wild card spot against the defending Super Bowl champions, and you you do that, you know, you get that you get that sort of that that high feeling going to the playoffs, and you know, anything can happen at that point. You get hot you Saw with Joe Flacco, he got hot for him and they went on a run, so you never know what could happen. And to get them week 17, I think that that's exactly what you need because, well, to get them week 17 in addition to the other time, but to get them at your house week 17, I think that's exactly what you need because that that's one of those you have the schedule, you circle it, you know, type of games. That's that's you know, you're, you're itching for that, you know, come week 10, you're just looking down down the line trying to get to that game where you can show them what your a division opponent who won the Super Bowl, who's no doubt going to be throwing that around to anybody they play this year when they start talking trash, you know, if you can go and you can punch them in the mouth that that's huge for what you can do in the postseason. Yeah, definitely. I think
0: people like to get fixated on, you know, how we don't match, you know, how we match up badly against this team or that team, but you you put Washington side by side with New York and Dallas and Philly This is a strong roster, and this is a roster that can compete in the NFC East. And I think if we can stay healthy, if the dominoes fall in the right place, I I think that this is a team that can make some noise. We'll see. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, for sure. That's all the time we have today, guys. Any thoughts on the NFC East that you have, uh, feel free to comment. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, Nathan and Ian are out. Peace out. Have a good night.